Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. We have a great program for you today, folks. It's going to be great because you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys something. As soon as, as soon as Brother Tori gets that music down, I am going to tell you guys something magical. I'm going to tell you about the show today because I like to talk about my screw-ups as well. I spoke to the guest that we're having in here last week. And he, and he started to tell me certain things that were going to be happening with the Democratic Party. And that's going, that it's some stuff that was going to happen that he's going to talk about. And I said, hey, that is the community. You need to come into the studio and tell me about it. This event is going to be happening on Wednesday. Come on in on Monday. And you know, this morning I get up and I'm preparing my show. And I forgot that I told this young man that he's coming in today. So he sends me a text and he says... Is this the place? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And then in my mind, I'm like, holy, you know what? He is here. With us in the studio today is the one and only political consultant extraordinaire, Jaime Rodriguez. How are you doing, my brother? Howdy, howdy. Welcome. Thank you for letting me in, even at the last minute. That's okay. No, no. This is not at the last minute. You, you could have come and said, hey, I don't care what you're talking about today. You will get me in. <laughs> this is more important. This is more. Actually, than, it is than more all important. the world politics. Actually, it is very much more important because you know something that uh, I hear you say all the time. And that is all politics is local. Yeah, that's true. That's and, true. And this is a very important local event that actually does affect the state and the nation. And so here's what I'd like to do, because I have the subject that I want to cover. Okay. But I also want to ask you to tell us right up. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Front, because, you know, people come in and go, come in and go. Sure. So I want everybody to hear what Brother Rodriguez has to say here, Jaime. In a nutshell, yes. uh, the County Democratic Party of Harris County, which is Houston region, is having uh, an election because our county party chair stepped down. So we're going to fill the remainder of his term with a special election. Uh, and before we do that election on March 19th, this week, March the 8th, on Wednesday evening, we're going to have a debate mm -hmm. between candidates who are running to fill that seat. And uh, I'll be moderating the debate. And so later today, we'll talk about what that looks like. Okay. But that's the general public is invited. We'd love to have you, you know, especially if you're part of a, a group, uh, Texas Organizing Project or Swing Left or Moms Demand Action. We would really love for you guys to show up and uh, ask your audience questions at the end of the debate. And you just come on over. And, and by the way, where is this going to be again? At the IBEW Hall uh, over on Loop 610, which is very close to the Boy Scout office. Do you ever see that giant Boy Scout office, uh, which is also kind of a, a funny topic for me. I, I was a national committee member of the Boy Scouts, and I always tell the Democrats, why don't we have an office, a permanent office in Harris <laughs> County? But that's another discussion. But it's, anyway, uh, let me give them the address. It's at 1475 North Loop West. 1475 North Loop West. And the only reason I noticed that I just begged for the address. Anyhow, uh, in the studio today on engineering and phones is the one and only. You see, I have great people working here. 
I, you know, you, you always have to love your folk with you. Tori, how you doing, Tori? Yo, 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 good to be here. You know, I, 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 I heard you also may have some folks calling in with some big time information. Is that right? Oh, I met some folks at a political rally downtown yesterday, and they have a big plan for all this week, you know, protesting uh, Sarah Week, which is this big oil and gas and coal conference mm -hmm. downtown at the George R. Brown. And so uh, they've got a lot of activities planned this week. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, I hope, I know they're giving a press conference, in fact, right now. I hope some one of them get a chance to call in because, you know, um, what community radio has to be all about is keeping folks informed. I mean, when, when you have programs like um, the environmentalists marching in downtown Houston and a lot of things happen in downtown Houston that our mainstream media don't cover because it's not in their interest based on the people who are paying them to cover this, which many times oppose many of the things that they're doing. So here you have a, 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 a station, uh, KPFT 90.1 FM, under the auspices right now, Politics Done Right, giving you this information. But anyway, folks, let's get busy. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. Today's topic, Julie Henderson on the Internet. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Our topic today is we reward those destroying us. Topic numero uno, numero dos is GOP absolves corporations from bad acts. And the last topic is Chris Rock speaks. And you're all going to say, what is Chris Rock doing on your show talking about, and you do all serious politics. Isn't that supposed to be serious politics? Of course it is. So that's the reason I'm actually going to start with Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know, Tory Mercer is saying, yeah, Egberto, yeah, yeah, let's keep it funny. Anyway, I let me tell you what I just saw his Netflix special last night. And I it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. I saw it on, at, at one this morning, doing my spinning. And I'm dying on the, on the bike, spinning, breathing, sweating, and watching Chris Rock. He kept me alive last night, you know. Although, I'm going to check out what I said. I said, you might ask why I am, why am I speaking about Chris Rock's incident in my political newsletter? And by the way, uh, the newsletter you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. And I was told that I could at least give my newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter to, to, to read this because we may not get it all covered. You might ask, why am I speaking about this Chris Rock incident in my political newsletter? Firstly, we are all multidimensional and popular culture has an effect on most of us in some manner. And Jaime, as you know, because I've met you in D.C. several times where we did, did all the other stuff. Isn't it true that all of this sort of form one thing, popular culture and politics? It's true. I mean, look, we, one of the things that you're talking about is we marched with Bernie Sanders there in D.C. Right. And uh, I mean, if Bernie Sanders is not the height of pop culture... Uh, you know, I don't know yeah. what is. That was so, a fun time, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, I think we went, I think there was something with the NAACP. It was, it was the 50th anniversary of the march from Selma to D.C., and we took the last leg from uh, Virginia, Virginia across in, the Memorial Bridge. That was, that was the fun. The Lincoln in, Memorial, oh, in, yeah. In D.C., so I mean, and Jaime was there taking pictures. Jaime, Jaime is a consultant, but he's a lot more than a consultant <laughs> in all the, uh, the videos and stuff that he did. Anyway, firstly, we are all multidimensional, as I spoke. We are all multidimensional in this world, and politics is a part of it and if the more we can integrate politics into the everyday world of what young people are doing what older folks are doing we will become even more politically engaged anyway i i, I forgot i better tell people the telephone number 713-526-5738 extension numero dos extension two 713-526-5738 
anyway, continuing. I watched Chris Rock on Netflix at 1 a.m. while spinning. It was clear that the Will Smith slap at the Oscars has affected Chris Rock's comedy. He was not as naturally funny as he normally is, in my humble opinion. That is, I don't know if you felt the same way after seeing it, Tori. I thought he was, he's normally a bit more funny, but today I fought that different. What's your thoughts? Well, I just noticed that he wasn't smiling as much. I mean, there was still exactly. 90% the old Chris Rock there, but, you know, there was some uh, bitter notes. I, I, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that I wasn't, you know, I made some TikToks earlier and I got people commenting and saying, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that that, you know, that it wasn't as effective, but here's the deal. He went really hard on Jada Pinkett Smith as well. I think Rock has heart, was harder on Jada Pinkett Smith than he was on Will Smith, which I think opens the door for a discussion on sexism, which is the political part that I wanted to talk about. That said, it was Chris Rock who was initially harmed. Chris Rock displayed a great degree of restraint when Will Smith hit him. When he slapped him, he didn't create a brawl. He went to hit, and he was a responsible one. He showed that you don't have to strike back at the moment to escalate things. I'll be the bigger person. I'll take it. Because you notice, uh, Tori, nobody ran up there when, when he got slapped and held down uh, Will Smith. Nobody was there to hold back Will Smith. Will Smith punched him and it, you know, and Chris Rock did the right thing and maintained his composure. So he was harmed. The one caveat or the one thing that I saw that I think all of us, those of us who are men, those of us who carry the male genes, um, I don't care what's happening between Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett Smith, and, and, uh, and Will Smith. I think we have to be cognizant that somehow when there is any kind of mishap that a woman is involved and a man is involved, that somehow the woman gets the biggest part of the brunt. Because if you take a look at the ending, and he did this at the end of the show, he was extremely hard on Jada Pinkett Smith, and I'm not defending her, but it shows the same kind of sexism we see in today's politics. The way Hillary was treated versus others. The way, uh, the way and, and it's, it's not a Republican or Democratic thing. Women just seem to take the brunt of much more than men do. I brought Chris Rock into the fold here because I want to tell my male brothers, my male part holding brothers, we have to be careful, no ma even when we are harmed, we have to be careful in the way we address these issues relative to women. Because again, like I said, Chris Rock was the one that was aggrieved. But at the same time, when Chris Rock lashed back, yes, he lashed back at Will Smith as well, but he was much harsher on Jada Pinkett Smith. And Jada Pinkett Smith wasn't the one that slapped the you-know-what out of him. So let's be, let, let's be cognizant about that. Anyhow, Senor Rodriguez, tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with the uh, Harris County Democratic Party and, you know, where are we at? Why do we need a new chair, etc.? Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good question. You know, uh, just some stats before we explain what's happening uh, Harris County has a population that's bigger than 27 states in the country. Right. And we have um, no senators in our state that represent us. As, as a Democratic county, we have no senators. Right. And there are 27 other states that have multiple sen senators 
even though they only have one congressman. Right. Because they don't have the population to support one congressman. We have five congressional seats in Harris County. So it's a big deal, this county. We have uh, four state Senate seats. We have over 21 state House seats. Uh, a lot rides on Harris County. And in the state of Texas, of course, being the largest county, we actually account for one in five Democratic votes in the state of county, in the state of Texas. And uh, so this, whoever leads the Democratic Party in this county, it's a very special position. It's a very important position, but it's also a tough position. And to top it all off, it's a volunteer position. And so... Uh, let, me, let me stop you there, um, Jaime. Why is it a volunteer position? I think some, uh, a, a, a county this important, a bellwether county, it seems sort of silly, I hate to, just, to use that word, to have a, a, a county chair that is not paid and being able to organize. It almost seems like it's a power play on the part of the system. And, and it's even more difficult than that. Not only do they not get paid, they don't have a stipend or a budget. So if they want to travel to D.C., for example, on behalf of the county, it's right. out of their own pocket. And so, um, you know, what's interesting, though, when you do when you create an organization, especially one that has volunteers involved. Right. Usually what happens is you have a paid staff that's a professional staff. Right. And then you have the volunteer side. And so the president of a board, the president of a, uh, the, they're usually not paid. Right. Uh, it's not actually that unusual for them not to be paid, but they usually have a budget. Right. They usually have a stipend, you know, gas money at the very least. Right. Uh, to spend. Uh, and the reason for that is because usually the job of, of that kind of person, the executive of, or the, the chief, is uh, a fundraiser. Right. That's their, they're meant to be the face of the organization. The, the, you're talking about the chair, the right? Chair, the right. chair is meant to be the face of the organization, and they're, they're meant to be a fundraiser, whereas the paid professional staff runs the day-to-day -day budget and whatnot. That's the way it's meant to be. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And the precinct chairs, so basically uh, you think of a precinct as a neighborhood mm -hmm. in the county. They're, they're over a, almost a thousand of Yeah, I'm a precinct these. chair. Exactly. And, and so we have about 500 precinct chairs in office right now that are elected. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you were on the ballot right. you know, to get elected to be a precinct chair. They actually are the ones that will be voting on the new chair because it's just to fill out the, the right. seat. But in the spring of next year, during the Democratic primary... Every one of us in Harris County will have the opportunity to vote on that ballot right. and choose our chair. Uh, and so, you know, whoever gets elected right now on March 19th, they're basically signing up for a one-year program. Right. And then they've got to run officially countywide. But again, they're going to have to raise money for a position that's unpaid. You know, this is not like running for a county commissioner seat or a congressional seat where you're going to get a very nice salary. And, you know, as a county commissioner, you get a $30 million budget. You can basically do anything you want with. This is not that kind of a seat. Now, how, uh, how exactly then uh, do, or rather, how can that actually change? I, so the I think it is chairs, terrible. The precinct chairs have actually been very consistent on their messaging on this. And they're the only ones that can change the laws and bylaws mm -hmm. of the county party in, in this regard. Uh, and the precinct chairs have actually voted down the idea of giving the chair 
any kind of compensation or money to do their job. So that, re that suggests that the precinct chairs want a professional staff to be paid professionally, uh, but that has also... Wait, wait, I don't understand what you just said. You, the said exec that. you would have an executive director, right. and they would hire, let's say, a press uh, communications director, press secretary. Right. So does the chairs have, want that on, on, in the aggregate? Or the you the, the precinct chairs seem to want that model. Uh -huh. So they've been voting that way, but as implemented, it has not really been implemented that way. The, the volunteer chair who's been elected has usually taken the reins and been the one in charge, you know, kind of putting the weight of the county on their own shoulders. And, and so Do we have a director right now. Uh, we, we have had executive directors and, and we've had very smart, intelligent executive directors, but not always people with a resume that looks like. Uh, a professional director. So right. even though they've done great jobs and they've fundraised and they've held events and all that, they don't necessarily have a background that suggests they're, you know, if you're, if you come straight out of um, medical school, you're not going to be the chief surgeon tomorrow at the hospital, right. you know, right. you need at least a good 10 years under your belt before you're going to be the, you know, this chief surgeon. And the same kind of thing is happening here where, you know, if you're really going to be serious about running the county, you want people with a resume that that remembers, you know, at least remembers the first Obama election. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they can remember the Clinton elections, that's even better, probably. Now, as far as the Republican Party, do they operate similarly or they, they, ha they have they have a similar uh, organizational style. But the difference is Republicans, by and large, know how to pay their people. Right. And then they listen to the people that they're paying. Right. You know, uh, they're used to a lot, by and large, if they're business minded people, they know how to hire consultants and they pay them. And you're not going to pay someone your good money if you're not going to listen to them. Right. You know, and, and so Democrats are not always that way. You know, first of all, a lot of us um, are just, you know, either working class people or, or people that don't have a lot of business experience. And, and uh, so we're not used to hiring consultants and listening to someone else. We're, we're used to making it on our own by our, you know, pulling our boots up and, you know, uh, and, and so it's a very different party, the Democratic Party versus the Republican Party. Well, well, you know, uh, you're generally an advisor and a consultant that I've heard you speaking to one of our engineers in here. I, I think in my humble opinion, that is, we are going to have to somehow put the, the add that activist nature to you with, it, with where it comes to uh, probably instruct, not instructing, but uh, enlightening the party as how one can work more effectively. Because I, I think uh, when you mention about us being the type of bellwether that we are, there's a whole lot more that probably needs to be done to sort of tighten things up. And it, it's and, good and, for the you know, county all around. I, I liken it to, um, and, and my friends always laugh because I talk about this a lot, but I was on the National Committee of the Boy Scouts of America. Mm -hmm. I'm an Eagle Scout and all that. The Boy Scouts have a training continuum that is amazing. From the day that you sign up as a volunteer adult, uh, and, and as a student, of course, there's a lot of training, but there's hand-holding all the way through. Uh, there is no hand-holding or training mm -hmm. in the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, there are some videos online that you can look at that the DNC and DCCC put out. But, you know, one-minute videos, that's nice. That's helpful. But there's not hand-holding. If someone in Harris County says, I want to join the Democratic Party, 
there's not a there's not a process right. to bring them into the fold. And you know, as a precinct chair, there's not a lot of training that says this is what a precinct right. chair is supposed right. to do. You know, if you're in charge of a whole neighborhood, a neighborhood could have seven thousand people in Harris County, right. a precinct. How are you supposed to be in charge of seven thousand people with no training? Right. You know, and that's right. a volunteer position that you're doing. Right. And, and so we need a lot of training, which again goes back to if you have professionals who know what they're doing. They can create training modules and they could provide a lot of training. And that's one of the things we're going to want to look for in the new chair is, is that they're interested in providing training. Now, you know, who are the chairs? And Father, let's, let's go ahead. And for those that are listening right now, let them know exactly uh, 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 where this stuff is going to be. Do you have it on you or you want me to uh, give it so, to you? So, uh, again, it'll be at the IBEW Hall, which is on uh, Loop it's, 610 North. It's 1475 North Loop West, Houston, Texas. And that is on... Wednesday at 7.30? So the, the, the forum actually starts at 7.30, but I would suggest getting there early because it, it's going to be a hot ticket to get a seat. Right. So it's on March 8th, which is Wednesday at 7.30, but, you know, Jaime said to get there earlier, uh, and it will be at the IBEW Hall. And a, shout, and a shout out to you, Egberto, because you've agreed to be the one that films it for us and puts it online for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. We're, we're going to be trying to share it everywhere. All the Democratic clubs and left-leaning organizations, we, we really want you to share it to your you know, pages and your multi, your social media pages, because we want the most people possible to see this. Absolutely. That's, that's, look, I, I see that as my job. And let me, let me put a caveat in here because we have listeners of all stripe. Sure. And if you guys have any Republican events you need covered as well, and you, you, and you want politics done right there as you have before, because I've covered some of your events, sure. Tea Party, et cetera, events. Yeah. I will be there. So uh, anyway, folks, give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738, extension numero dos, extension number two. And May and Julie, that's the reason uh, Julie's in the chat room. She's talking about the, just what I talk about. Women get uh, politically, they are more affected than men quite often. And Julie, that's why I, I brought the Chris Rock case and spoke about you know, and as much as Chris Rock was harmed, we have to be careful that we don't, the way we dispense uh, our, our, our ire too often has to be, it's often harder on women. We have to stop it. We have to stop the sexism, no matter what. Uh, Peggy Lopez, welcome aboard. Maywood, I'm sorry that you're not going to be there for the three o'clock show, but you were there. Uh, and, and, and by the way, we missed you on Saturday at Ask Egberto everything on our, on our community call, but that's fine. I, I think I saw that you got in late or something of that sort. Anyhow, folks, 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738, extension number two. Before we continue with uh, you, Jaime, yeah. we're going to go to subject number two. GOP absolves corporations for bad acts. Here is the issue, guys. Um, and, and this really got me upset, and I was happy to see that um, Morning Joe took it up. Our great conservative friend, who finally decided to leave the Republican Party because, it, as far as he was concerned, and this is out of his mouth, it got bat you know what crazy, according to him. So, anyhow, um, we had that big derailment in uh, East Palestine, Texas. Did you want to say, I mean, East Palestine, Ohio? Ohio. Yeah. East Palestine, Ohio. And by the way, we have videos and that shows the extreme pollution that is occurring, not just in that spot where they had the fire, 
but it seems like the train may have been, and notice I said may have been leaking before, because I have videos from several KPFT listeners, I mean, uh, uh, accounts from several KPFT listeners who have accounts of these, uh, of fish and, and animals dying around that area, which kind of give the idea that there's a whole lot of poisoning that has occurred. We understand that. It was an accident, an accident that should not have happened had we not deregulated these companies, these rail companies, uh, and, and given them those fast break-in and all these other rules, right? Maybe a double tanks that carry these, uh, tanks that are double... Double hull. Double yeah. hull tanks yeah. for these chemicals. But they don't want that because it means, double hull means... You carry less container right. per volume, right? Yep. I mean, per per tr per cart. Per cart. Yep. So um, now we have the Republicans in mass. They're telling everybody, uh, Pete Buttigieg should have been in East Palestine, Ohio. Okay. So he goes to East Palestine, Ohio. Um, what is that going to do, or what would that have done? You know, the only thing that upset me about Pete Buttigieg is that he actually said. I am thinking about how I could have done things better. You say that to yourself. You say that to your committee. In a political environment that we have today, it's not politically wise to say that because that is going to end up on a loop yep. where uh, they're going to add, have ads that says, I could have done X, Y, Z. I mean, look, that's true. You could have done something I mean, else. He's different. not going to show up in a hazmat suit. And exactly. Make a show of it. I mean, yeah, either he's going to be there to be helpful or he's not. Or, he's, uh, or a PR thing, right? Right. They had people out there from day, from time right. one. Okay. So, I mean, it's not like uh, the, the EPA wasn't out there. It wasn't like the NTSB wasn't out there. It wasn't like the transportation department wasn't out there. They were out there. Now, they're deflecting by trying to make it seems like Buttigieg and the, Bush, the Biden administration had something to do with it. I, am, I'm, I get ecstatically, or will I get sort of upset that the pushback, except from Buttigieg, because Buttigieg finally went out and said, look, remember that under the Trump administration, you guys relaxed the breaking rules, right. which probably would have stopped when that thing overheated, when those acts, the, the bearings overheated, could have stopped that train earlier before it got out of control and derailed because of the deformation of the metal, okay? That, if you want to blame a government organization or a government official, I think you need to dial back all the way to the Trump administration that relaxed those rules. But that said, even, even Trump, I don't want to blame because it was these organizations, Norfolk Southern, that paid the lobbyists, that paid the Congress people to relax these rules. So ultimately, what's the genesis of the problem other than the private corporation the private corporation caused the problem. They are the ones who created the spills. They are the ones who paid not to have the breaking system that would have been necessary. So the, the, the Republicans, the GOP, the MAGA folks are trying to take one's eye off of the ball. We cannot allow that to happen. Neither the administration should, nor the common folk should. We ought to be smart about this. And you know, it's interesting because that was the first subject to cover. The second subject was we, re we reward those who are destroying us. But let's go ahead and bring John in 
and uh, we'll John talk to me how you doing brother I'm fine Egberto how about you my friend I am doing fine talk to me my brother well I'm another unfan of Hillary Clinton yes and uh, they have a a a a thing where the former her former employees talked about how she treated them Mm -hmm. and there were like 20 or 30 of them there and they all complained that she was rude and mean wouldn't take advice or talk about anything and really berated them and mistreated them so i'm not a fan of her at all okay let me stop right there a second okay i am not a fan of hillary clinton but i respect hillary clinton let me let me explain i am not a fan about of hillary clinton because she doesn't share my ideology but that's my ideology but as an accomplished woman, I respect her. Uh, you know, I respect, I am not a fan of Biden. I've, I personally, I voted for Biden because I thought he was well, the best. me too. I, yeah. voted for, I, would, I voted for Hillary too. Okay. I, I, you see, so well, John. You know, and I'll jump in here because I lived in D.C. through the Clinton years. Uh, and, uh, and I actually lived across the street from the Watergate building uh, for 20 years. And so... I came home one day and there were news media bans back in 1997. Right. And, uh, and, and I thought maybe Bob Dole died or something, someone famous that lives in the building. But no, they were staking out this young intern named Monica Lewinsky. Right. Right. So I lived through all that scandal. And yet the men in that story all by and large have gotten no, no long-term Eighth. ill effects from it. Right. But what did happen yeah. was Hillary was in charge of universal health care right in 1992 when Bill first got elected. Yes. That was her thing. And she and, and Bernie Sanders was right there with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they were trying to do universal. From that moment forward, the GOP had it out for her. And she has suffered the consequences of GOP messaging for 20 years now, so much so that when she ran in 2016, a lot of Democrats, especially who had just kind of gotten familiar with the political system, maybe even 10 years earlier, mm-hmm. um, bought into that messaging. They, they bought into the, the mythos, the myth yeah. that Hillary was sometime, somehow not good, and they didn't understand that it was because GOP messaging was anti-woman. Right. And, you know? and I, yeah. But it's not only GOP messaging, it's Democratic. I'm not going to throw that solely on the, the, the GOP. I'm going to put it on us, too. Sure. I mean, I'm going to say that we men have an issue that we are, you know, I, you know, I'm from Panama. Yeah. 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 I'm black (laughs) and I'm Caribbean. I have the three strikes that make me a sexist. I've, I've gotten rid of it, folks. Just, I'm just letting you know, I am no longer a sexist. I'm no longer a homo. I'm, I am, I've extricated all those evils out of me, but we all need to do that. But John, um, so anyway, did you want to say something else, John? I just wanted to let you know that I am not a fan of Hillary, but I do have a lot of respect for her. She played a man's game better than most men. She really did. Oh, well, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Oh, that, that's all I was going to say, Egberto. Well, look, let me tell you something, John. I, th- I got your book. It's worth it. Thank and you. I appreciate, uh, look, I appreciate that, my brother, because I think if we're going to change the country, we don't only have to speak to Democrats, we have to speak to anarchists, we have to speak to Republicans, we have to speak to sure. everybody. But thank you so kindly for calling in, sir. You have a great day. Thank you both. You know, thank you. Thank you. All right, come on in. Uh, let's see. Juan, talk to me. Well, this one, Mancias, the Tribal chairman for the Carrizo Comic the Tribe of Texas. Hey, thank you and for calling and talk to me. Tell me about what you guys are doing. 
Well, we're down here at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Uh huh. And uh, we're um, giving out uh, poop awards to <laughs> most of the most of the, the the terrible twelve this year. Yes. Hey, wait. So, let me let me stop you a little bit, Juan. Uh, hmm. Thank you so kind. We are we are live radio, so the poop is okay. But I just kind of <laughs> want to warn you to not just say anything. You know, go ahead. I know, I know, I know. So that's, and uh, the thing is, um, we're we're um, presenting the twelve terrible worst uh, fossil fuel companies in Texas, the ones that are creating sacrifice zones, the ones that are perpetuating the uh, tribal erasure of, of tribes in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, along with the uh, governor of Texas. And uh, <laughs> so we're really trying to um, bring a message out that we need to have better education, better history, and better understanding of what, what they're destroying. Uh, a, lot of our, a lot of our villages... Mm-hmm. are along the Gulf Coast and along the, the rivers, like mm-hmm. in the Rio, Rio Grande. Our creation story actually is at, at Boca Chica. That's where our, our first woman was born. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the what was left over, first man was created. So uh, that's where, that's, that's. And then on Wednesday, we're going to have a parade out here. Um, I'm going to, let me tell you what it, where it's at. We're going to start right out here at the George uh, T. Brown uh, Convention Center mm-hmm. at, at 12 o'clock, and then we'd like people to come out here and join us to continue to let our let these people know our displeasure with their their economic uh, um, misconceptions of how it's going to better the, the community. Um, this used to be a beautiful area before they, they gentrified into what it is today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to make sure that these people continue to recognize the fact that they're creating sacrifice zones and perpetuating the genocide of the Americas. Let me just repeat this. Uh, uh, what was Juan? Uh, uh, Juan, they are having a wanted climate criminals. It's a guilty of poisoning our air and water protest at... Uh, March on March 8 at noon. It's at the corner of Lamar Street and Avenida de las Americas in Houston. Uh, that is right at the George R. Brown Convention Center, correct? Yes. I, so, but, yeah. So, folks, let me let me just add before uh, I'm, I'm going to come back to you in a second, Juan. But look, we uh, we the people, the average American citizen. Okay, a lot of times uh, things happen because we don't participate. Great guys like Juan and his cohort, they're out there beating the pavement to make sure that your soil stays clean, to make sure that uh, there's not infringement on your areas. You know, they, they put all these types of things in other people's neighborhood, not theirs. So please support guys like Juan. Please be, if you have the wherewithal to be, on March 8th. That is Wednesday at Wednesday, right? Wednesday yeah. at noon. Meet at the corner of Lamar Street and Avenida de las Americas at the George R. Brown Convention Center and support these folks that are out there making sure that we have a livable environment. Continue, my brother. Oh, yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons that we're out here is uh, there's so much going on in the Gulf Coast right now. Mm-hmm. And they're even trying to uh, destroy uh, around South Padre Island some of the last pristine areas. Of, uh, of the Gulf Coast, Texas. Right. And right on, on top of one of our villages is called Garcia Pasture, which is now a World Monument, mm-hmm. um, on the World Monument Watch. Um, so 
sites, and uh, it's also a National Register Historic Site. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to build Texas LNG right next to it and the Rio Grande LNG right next to it. Oh, wait. Um, Are you serious? They're building an LNG? This this is right outside of the city of Brownsville, for those of you who are uh, not familiar. It's the southern tip of Texas. My God, I didn't know they were building an LNG plant out there. It's a huge climate issue down in South Texas. Yes. Wow. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, Juan. No problem. I mean, but that's one of the problems that, that's going on right now is that they're doing things without consulting. Just um, just because they waived the 28 laws against against uh, the formation of that wall down there that was actually all environmental, but two of them were directed at Native Americans, which uh, is the Native American uh, uh, race and, and Grace Protection and Repatriation Act, and the other one is the uh, American Indian Religious Freedom Act of 1978. They have waived that so they can do whatever they want in on these pond. areas. He's talking, he's talking about building the wall yeah. on the Rio Grande River, right? and there's Native American sovereign territory there that yeah. the American government has just built the wall anyway. But they can't. That is illegal. So you say, but so the GOP does not agree with you. And wow. so, yeah. Yeah, you see, these are things that we have to bring. And, you know, and that's why, look, I don't hear this on, I mean, you, they may give a 10-second story on ABC, CBS, and NBC, but we don't hear it in detail. So, anyway, let me, uh, sometime I may want to get you uh, in here so that we can talk about this in more detail. Okay, Juan? Sure enough. Thank you. Anyway, anything else you want to add before we go to the next subject, Juan? I know. Just make sure that uh, we can talk to these people about rescinding those laws that are all environmental. All right. And the ones that are directed straight at the Native Americans. My brother, Juan, with S with C-E-R-A week. Thank you so kindly, my brother. All right. You have a wonderful day. You know, in, in Texas right now, uh, yes. of course, oil and gas is king. And, and Texas was the, you know, the, the oil producer of the world right. uh, until the 1930s. The, you know, it wasn't the greenback that, that ruled the world. It was the oil right. dollar, the price of oil, Texas crude. Right. And so Texas has a history of oil and gas. We get it. But it's also the energy capital of the world at this point, too. And that's not just oil and gas. That is all the alternative energies are here in Texas. And, and they could be expanded, right. you know. But right now, uh, one of the, one of the things he's talking about is that uh, you know on, on the Rio Grande River they're building that the, the border wall, and they are literally saying uh, you know all the the environmental um, laws that exist. There are actually seven governing bodies that are in charge of the Rio Grande River. Mm-hmm. All seven of those bodies were put aside, and the federal government went ahead and built the wall, even though they did not agree. And and some of those bodies are from the country of Mexico that are supposed to. It's supposed really to be joint agreements when you do anything on that river. And we just pushed them aside, did our own thing. Uh, that's affecting a lot. But then you start looking at uh, where the Eagle Ford Shale area is, uh, just south of the hill country in mm-hmm. Texas, uh, just south of San Antonio. They that a lot of the people that live on the Rio Grande River uh-huh. make their living working the Eagle Ford Shale, and so they work in the oil and gas industry. Now the only the only access they had to water has been taken out, so they can't farm anymore. They can't raise cattle and things because they don't have access to that water. The wall is there. The wall is there. So you really have isolated them and made them only dependent on oil and gas in that area. And these are towns and cities that are made up of 
five or six families, you know, large family. I mean, these are, you know, I'm slightly exaggerating, right. but that's, that's kind of how they are. You know, they have nowhere else to go. They have no other source of living or income. They have to make it on that. And so, you know, it, it's very difficult if we don't give them alternatives and we have to be supporting alternatives or else all of the Democrats who are definitely Democrats living on the border, they have nowhere else to go. They have no other way to make a living outside of the Eagle Ford shale. So in effect, they make them dependent on... The, the on GOP has done a wonderful job of making them dependent on oil and gas and giving them no alternatives. And, and now, they, you know, they want to do LNG down in the port of Brownsville. And uh, that area is one of the, the only areas that's a, a wildlife refuge and the, the, uh, the, the way that the sand and the dunes are still there. You know, we call it South Padre Island, but if you know Texas, it's actually Padre Island. Right. It's a North, one long... North yeah. Padre Island is outside of Corpus Christi. It's a hundred mile long, long yeah. Yeah, island. And so the northern part has about five miles of, of uh, territory and the southern part has about five miles of territory that have been, you know, commercialized. But everything in the middle is really meant for things like the turtles right. uh, that come and, and they nest there every year. And it's pristine land. If you have one spill or one accident with the LNG, then you have a real problem. You, you know, they always talk about it. But, you know, you know, it's it's unlikely to happen. And when it happens, they, yeah. they, 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 they are not even begging for forgiveness. They're just, well, you know, spills happen. You know, it, it is funny because I, I, I had... Um, I had dinner this weekend with an oil executive, actually, and I think for quite a while, this person didn't quite, I think in the initial part of the, the discussion, this person was only talking about efficiencies, efficiencies, because, you know, all these corporations always talk about efficiencies. They never talk about humanity. Yeah. You know, not because something is efi more efficient to make more dollars for your stockholders and to have less employees mean it is good for society. Sometimes you get rid of efficiency because things are more humane. And folks, so those of you that are listening to me, I want you to understand that concept, right? Uh, companies right now are trying to get to maximal efficiency. What that means is using more robots. You know, that's not, that part isn't bad. I don't have a problem with that. But then also, if you have a long train that used to be, uh, you know, 50 cars and now it's 100 cars or now 150 cars, and because they have a remote guy at the end of the train, they say, oh, we can get rid of three or four more brake persons. So that 150 uh, car train is dependent on maybe a computer that may tell them that something is wrong if all the sensors are working fine. But even if there's something wrong, you only have one person on the train, what you got to do, wait for a helicopter to bring <laughs> folks to, um, to take your, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, and, and I'll tell you what's even more cynical of that. Mm -hmm. So the, the way that uh, our trade laws work, um, anything that comes in by cargo, by boat, right. um, is taxed differently than things that enter by land. Right. So, and, and by land, it's cheaper. Uh, the taxes. Right. So what ends up happening is these ships will come and deposit things, let's say at the Port of Brownsville, 18 wheelers will pick them up and drive them two miles down the road to Mexico, right. turn around, and then they enter by land. Right. Right. You see? And, and, and so then they pay less taxes. So anything that you can do to support the Port of Brownsville, making it bigger, more efficient, more able to, to accept new different cargo and different types of cargoes, makes it cheaper for the companies. Because now you don't come into the Port of Houston right. and, and pay import tax by cargo. Now you're actually paying land uh, import tax uh, through Mexico. It, it, is, so, it is sad that, again, remember, 
whenever, you know, some people give me a hard time because they're, you're always so hard on corporations. And that is because the, the nature of corporations tell, look, it's not, look, the executives of these corporations are doing what they're supposed to do. Right. They are maximizing profits for their shareholder. They are maximizing their own well-being with their, with their um, bonuses, etc. They are doing exactly what Milton Friedman, the master, the latest master capitalist say to do. Forget about society. Forget about morality. This is what, this is what Milton Friedman, the, the latest god of capitalism said. You corporate executives, you owe nothing to people. You owe nothing to society. You don't be talking about women's rights. You don't be talking about uh, uh, environmental rights. You forget about those issues. Your sole purpose is to maximize the profits for your shareholders. I didn't say it. Look it up. Milton Friedman said it. So all of my listeners who are always... Defended. I'm talking. I'm not talking about most. I'm saying the ones that do that are always defending the corporations. Remember that it is written that you don't count. Remember that their sole purpose are their there's efficiencies. Let me tell you something, Jaime. This is what drives me crazy, right? A company gets very efficient. They build robots so they lay they lay folks off. They 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 get trains that are longer and they put a computer at the tail end of that train and they lay off three or four or five or six employees and they don't give them sick pay because they want to make sure that they have to be there, etc. etc. I mean sick leave because they want to make sure that they're there, etc. etc. So all these efficiencies we created. And the efficiencies also mean more money is made in profits. Instead of us getting a shorter work week because we created the efficiencies, we work the same, just less of us work. Those that don't work are now dependent on the government of for our taxes for those who work. The guys who make profits get their profits in the form of capitalization means, okay, we're not going to give you only dividends. We're going to buy back stocks to raise the price of stocks so that you get capital gains. And wait a minute, capital gains are taxed at a lower rate than, than dividends. Yeah. Folks, you're being screwed. <laughs> okay. And, 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 you know, you hear it all. It's funny. If you, if you even just watching TikTok and some of these kind of uh, Facebook reels and things, you see all these people advising business people saying, you know, the, the CEO of Exxon last year er, made $50 million. But the investor who invested big time made $500 million. Yes. And they say, you know, uh, and, and so that that's. It, it's better to be the investor than to be the worker yes. is the way that they're saying it. Yes. And, and, and so you want to be the owner. You don't want to be the one working, you know, yeah. and, but they're even laughing at CEOs of fortune 500 companies for being workers. Yes. I mean, that's what's so phenomenal in today's age, you know, and, and, and you start to look at um, what is the trend in America right now for young people. The trend of course is that you want to be super famous online right and you and there the rewards are millions of dollars per month at that age group in the early 20s right. to be famous online famous for being famous i mean right. that really that we've actually come to that point you know when when the kardashians and paris hilton and all that started they were actually models it's all right. it's very hard work to be a real model and all that the people that are doing it now they're making millions 
for basically doing nothing. And that's the reward system we're building in America right now. Yeah. Whereas all the other countries in the world, they're building workers that and, know how to get things done. And you know, it's so amazing that you said that because, you know, a lot a lot of the young people are going to say, well, yeah, I know I'm, the, I'm just being famous for being famous, but that shareholder is, is just sitting on his butt. That's right. And he's not, you know, that's, he's that's just... That's what they're training Americans they're, to do. They're, they're, they're tr to get in the, the work away, you know, yeah. the, the work ethic is gone. Yeah. You know, it's and, 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 and they laugh at you for not being rich or not being whatever successful means, you know, and, and laugh at you for having to work for a living. It's amazing because you remember when uh, when Hillary Clinton was talking to, uh, was debating uh, Trump and she talked about him not paying any taxes. He yeah. said, that's because I'm smart. In yeah. other words, those other people pay, pay taxes. That's right. You know, what everybody is saying. Folks, we have to wake ourselves up. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be woke. <laughs> so my brother, a, a good supporter of this show, Lee yeah. Grant, says, actually, many major corporations have gone woke. So it's not just profits, but moral preening, too. Hey, I believe in being woke. They're not really woke, though. There is a false woke to bring Think the woke Starbu in. Think yeah. about Starbucks. Yes. Starbucks is what most people consider a woke, a woke company. Right. And yet, in Texas, there are only three locations that are unionized. Imagine that. You know? And, and one of them here in the... Right in Next in, to the Kingwood College, Kingwood, yeah. uh, just unionized a few weeks ago. You know that, and that was the epitome of what progressives think of as woke companies. Yes. So uh, Apple, everybody thinks, "Wow, Apple's so progressive." They're, they're not woke. They're, I mean, what the practices that they practice in other countries to make those products. That would scare the bejesus out of most Americans. Exactly. You know, you know it, it is funny because, you know, um, the, the, you know why we ha I, I always talk about the inflation that we talk about. Oh, supply chain problem, supply chain problem. This, there's only a supply chain problem because the corporate structure created that. They went ahead and decided that we're going to manufacture everything overseas. Somewhere else. And yeah. then we can't build it, you know. And then we don't want to pay taxes for climate change. We don't want to pay taxes to make things better. And suddenly we get a pandemic and the ships are not coming in. And we, we created another crazy thing called just-in-time inventory, which means, hey, we don't even keep storage. Those ships better keep coming in. And if something stops that ship, the, the line shut down. And, and meanwhile, since, since you brought up that subject, in the meanwhile, the last administration tried to do a trade war with China. Yes. And told our farmers not to sell our goods to China. China was kind of doing us a favor by buying yes. our goods, our farmers. They can produce as much rice and wheat and whatever they want. And the Ukraine actually is one of the places that used to provide a the lot of most, which is yeah. why Putin and, and China and everybody's interested in Ukraine. But but all of that is saying that our last administration started a trade war when we were on the losing side of that trade war. Our farmers have not recovered no. from that trade war. So now shipping containers come from Asia over here full but we have no reason to send the shipping containers back there. We're not sending them anything. So they stack up empty in here. here hey, they're in building California. walls with it now, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but it is true. 713-526-5738. If you want to say something real quickly, 713-526-5738. Extension numero dos. Extension number two. 713-526-5738. But yeah, so I mean, the last subject that I had was called We Reward Those Destroying Us Because It Fits Right In. Sure. And I always know based on what we're doing, that we can connect all... Imagine we could connect Chris Rock to the Democratic Party in Harris County 
to uh, what's going on in, well, check this out. We reward those destroying us. The reason we continue to have our environment placed in peril, our healthcare remains an immoral, uh, an immoral, humane mess, and our social safety net a disaster of inconsistencies is that we don't reward excellence but gangsters. And I call, I call them gangsters. You know, gangsters are the ones just taking your stuff, right? And that's what our, that's what our economic system does now. It just takes your stuff because they can, right? They do it with a smile, though. Uh, and they don't put a gun to your head. They use something that is a lot more effective. They enchain your mind. They enslave your mind. But anyhow, I've restarted our series called A Better Human Story with Andrew Schmuckler. And you'll start seeing that this week, which explores much of this. Andrew Schmuckler is an older guy from, from uh, West Virginia. He ran for Senate in West Virginia. And um, he's, he, he thinks he's very progressive. He's somewhere in the middle, but I love the guy because we we have some good, healthy conversations. Well, at least if he's and, trying, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But he's a good guy. I mean, he really wants a better world, and so he created this um, this website called a, a Better Human Story. And I, I and I think it's important that we highlight those kinds of things from people who want to do things that are positive, sure, you know. Sure. But anyway, this morning I read David Suzuki's articles called "Stop Rewarding Destroyers of Our World and Punishing." those defending it. He wrote the following. As of early February, police have made more than 90 arrests and dozens of detentions to facilitate construction of the coastal gas link pipeline in northern British Columbia, running up a taxpayer tab of more than $25 million, according to the Norwal. Uh, Francois Poirier, president of the CEO of TC Energy, which owns the project, was rewarded with $9.81 million in his first full year as CEO, including a $1.1 million bonus and share and stock option and and shares and share and stock option uh, valued at six million dollars during the November COP 27 climate talks in Egypt. More than 30 climate protesters were jailed in the UK, adding more than 2,000 arrests in a campaign that began in April. On January 17, climate activist Greta Thunberg and others were arrested for protesting the demolition of a German village for a coal mine expansion. On the same day, a Reuters headline read, Big Oil's Good Time Set to Roll on after record 2022 profits. That was your money that you paid twice. It was your money that you paid to them. And as they pollute with their sulfides and other chemical pollutants, you also pay because they're not even giving you medical care in the United States. So you pay them twice and they're investors in both the healthcare system and the oil system. So all your money is going to the same guys, folks. <laughs> Worldwide climate activists and journalists and scientists have been arrested, jailed, silenced, and even killed for protesting to keep the planet livable for humans. Meanwhile, the top executives at seven energy companies had an average increase in their compensation of more than 21%. While you pay 8% in inflation, they get the 21% increase compared with the prior year. In dollar terms, that was an extra $2.3 million for each executives, bringing the average package to $13.4 million. That is just to pollute, to help you Hey, that, that is money that you paid for that extra gas went into their pockets. Remember that. When you're defending these folks, remember when they're going home with all, the, all that extra bonuses and cash? That's your money. Don't forget it. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is, is driving fossil fuel profits to record highs as global average temperatures also break records. So we're still burning and heating the planet 
when this gave us the perfect opportunity to change things. The rewards aren't just monetary. Former ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson, who has dismissed evidence about climate change from his and other companies, scientists was appointed Secretary of State. So they want to deny climate change as well. Anyhow, I can't read the whole thing, but I'm going to say we have a lot of work to do. The most important part of this work is earning the trust of most Americans who have been hoodwinked into believing a narrative of who we are and how we got here as the American society. We will create a truly equitable system and egalitarian society we yearn for and must have only when, only when we start changing our minds. We have to unenslave our mind. We have to unchain our mind. So I, I hope with this program here, um, Jaime, I hope to earn enough trust in people that they can, you know, because everything I say, I always tell them, don't listen to what I say. Fact check <laughs> what I'm saying. I have no problem with you fact checking me. But the goal is to raise people's awareness and, and, and let people know that they are already empowered with their vote to really make and, things and, happen. And how important is that local part of component of this? Rex Tillerson is a Houston homegrown boy. Yes. Rex Tillerson, the one we were just talking about, right. is from here. Right. Harris County really ha has a lot of effect on the world. So if you're growing up or if you're living in Harris County, you have actually more access to changing the world than a lot of people living in other places. The, the political climate and the political system here will allow it. But uh, you've got to get involved. You've got you to get interested. You have to be involved. You have to be involved. But look, Jaime, we only have a couple of minutes left. Yep. So let me go ahead and ask you to tell us about uh, uh, the county the, the county chair yeah. that's running. Do you have any names or you don't have any names right now? Well, we have a couple of names, but I don't want to announce them because there are still some others that might be jumping in the race before Wednesday night. Okay, so go ahead and, and, and tell so, us about the event. But uh, you, the Harris County Democratic Party has a, an opening for the chair, uh, and you are invited to come at uh, 7.30 on on Wednesday night is when the, the forum starts. It's at the IBEW Hall at 1475. That's 1475 North Loop West, which is uh, 610 here in Houston, Texas. Uh, just by way of uh, landmarks, it's very close to the Boy Scout office, that giant building that the Boy Scouts have on Loop 610. Uh, come out. I, I would suggest you come early, but around 7 o'clock, it's going to be a packed house. Uh, you'll want to find a seat. The forum itself is an hour and a half long. The first hour, I'll be moderating with my own questions that nobody has influenced me with or given me. Uh, they're my questions. And the last half hour, the audience, including the online audience, uh, will be asking questions. Egberto is going to be providing us the online video and, and, and streaming. Uh, and so come out. I mean, the, the new chair of the Democratic Party is very important. You have an opportunity to hear this forum. And next spring, you are going to be voting uh, yourselves in the Democratic primary for this person. And so, uh, you know, like I said, change begins here. The great thing to do is to show up. And it sounds like a great climate event at noon that day. So just come downtown yeah. and stay downtown. Yeah, you know? have some lunch and then later on pop out there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look, thank you so kindly, Jaime Rodriguez. Uh, analytico, political, <laughs> political analyst. Thank you so kindly for being here on Politics Done Right with me. We're, we're going to be getting out of here in 45 seconds. Folks, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, please remember to share our program. Please remember to let folks know we exist. Please remember to support us. Visit our website, kpft.org, kpft.org. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And guys, do you know how I end this program? I'm going to tell you how I normally say it this way. I am what? What?
out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.